my name is Tobias Rose, and you are at Conversations Season 2. Now, this year, what we've planned on doing is doing a little bit of content that's going to be audio only, as well as that video content that people love, because my, my guests are beautiful people as well as me. Thank you. And you couldn't see me smile at that point. But anyway, um, I'm going to bring a person uh, to the room, slash podcast, slash Spotify slash room wherever you are right now that you've heard before slash seen before um, this guy is a a at this point what I've seen he is an Atlanta legend um, he has painted the city literally painted the city and he has painted culture um, he was on last year and we did a deep dive on the creative economy found out some new words that we didn't know uh, and this time we're just going to chop it up We chopped it up last time in front of a studio audience This time we're chopping it up at his spot Which smells like paint So um, <laughs> if we're giggling a little too much It's because we're inhaling fumes But this is my good friend W W say what's up to the good people Hey what's up everybody I'm back again Yes he is And so W is the I want to make sure I say this right Because I jack it up every time I say it You are the chief curator well, I take on many titles. Oh, there we go. Okay. You know, um, <laughs> I go by this the curator. Okay. Yeah, co-founder uh, and curator. Okay, that's that's simple. That's yeah, good. Okay. Co-founder and curator. You sounded like you were getting ready to give me a crazy, like, I am the like Archbishop. Yeah, it sounded like we was about to go there. But. So anyway, nah. W, Art Beats and Lyrics. Jack Honey, Art Beats and Lyrics. Yep, Jack Honey, Art Beats and go. Lyrics. Yes. Art, Be- Art Beats and Lyrics, as well as accomplished painter, visual artist, um, slash culture i want to say something with culture there because i feel like from from convert the whack to <laughs> now you've always had a pulse on the culture that's well, what we talked about last time i am the keeper of cool culture there it is the keeper of cool so the keeper of the cool <laughs> I'm the cool I keeper i don't have i don't have a whole lot of topics so i'm, I'm going to keep this somewhat short today because i know we can go along with this but uh, we just did your podcast. Yes. And we talked about uh, Afrofuturism. I'm going to mess that up because I'm country. <laughs> I'm from Kannapolis. So in Kannapolis, we can't say certain words. Afrofuturism. Um, we talked about that as a dope topic. And I want us to chop it up a little bit about that. I want to get into that because for me, when I think Afrofuturism, I'm thinking about it in the context of science fiction. As you, you heard my answer. <clears throat> but we were also talking about it in the context of, uh, you know, where do creatives go or where are we going? But I want to, you know, I want to take those questions you gave me and bounce it back to you. So, mm-hmm. I mean, tell me about what your thoughts are on Afrofuturism and kind of its place. Well, after, you know, interviewing different people about it, you know, different artists and everything. And some some artists, we couldn't get past the term. Just want to call it futurism. You know, it shouldn't be an Afrofuturism if you put black folks in the future it would just be called the future that's one way to look at it I think that it's it's needed you know the concept of Afrofuturism because if you, you have to be inclusive in your imagination because if you don't see yourself in the future where do you go you're just waiting for the future to happen to you so it's, I think it's cool you know there's a, there is the side of it where it's sci-fi and there's also the side, side of it where it's fashion you know that, that whole Afrofuturism fashion look is a thing now you know, they have whole festivals wrapped around that. But I think it's a good habit to start thinking about the future and actually thinking of yourself in the future in a situation where it's advantageous to you. Mm-hmm. So I'm perfectly cool with it. You know, I'm going to go back to something you talked about because it's dope. 
you just talked about or you you said two words that that just made incredible sense to me but you said you know inclusion in imagination yeah that's deep dude that's super deep do you realize how deep that is because dude, like think about this man like i tell people this i didn't see a successful black artist until i was like 20 something yeah, yeah. so imagine being a kid wanting to be an artist and a, a famous artist a great artist and none of the examples you know look like you um, and you've never actually seen somebody that you can walk up to and say hey mm-hmm. you're real this could happen you know well do you think afrofuturism in the let's say in the science fiction case is it necessary because of that well i think when i guess mainstream folks come up with the future it's kind of leaves people out of it Mm -hmm. you know it leaves people out or it puts them in smaller roles and it's more of a future that's based on today right you know it's just like now you're in your place now Mm -hmm. you can be in your place in the future so i think that um you can shift that whole thing make it whatever you want it to be you know that's what's called imagination and creativity you can do that and honestly if you put an idea out eventually people gravitate towards it good or bad you know so if you want to see a future where you are part of it you got to put it out there and I encourage everybody to do that so is that why I don't want to keep talking about why artists are so important but I think artists are the ones that can visualize that. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like, you know, we talk about, we were just talking about it, um, how easy it is to kind of touch these things that businesses pay all this money for. Yeah. Right. And, and, and an artist can sit down and come up with something and it'd be incredible. And it is Afro futurist. It is incredible. But do you think that our artists are almost like our, I don't want to switch, the, switch the, the subject too much, but artists, are they almost like our saviors when it comes to visualizing that inclusivity? I know, yes. that's, I know that's deep and low. Yes, I think so. I think artists are the ones that kind of set the vision. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's part of our job. If everybody could see the big picture, there'll be no need for visionaries. Right. You know, that's what we do as artists. We put it out there. And each artist, they, they play different roles according to what voice they want to have. You know, some people want to talk about the future. Some people want to talk about the present. Some people want to talk about the past. Some people just want to talk about whatever they feel at the moment. But I think that putting your work out there and having it seen by people right. where they can imagine a future with you in it or having you imagine your own future where you're in it. I think that's very necessary that's incredible. moving forward, you know, because if you don't you'll end up with the same stuff we got now you know what that is and that this is a good opportunity for me to tell the audience that this year conversations will have a new format we were talking about multiple things <laughs> <laughs> multiple times multiple things yeah. because, and the reason why is because I think you dropped the mic just now I think I think that's perfect um, and I actually I agree I agree with you but I want to talk about something else since I have you okay we have to talk about the fact that you just celebrated your 15th year is it did I say it right because yeah. I don't want to do with the city council <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah this is my 15th year yeah it was shade yes that was that um, 15th year arts beat art beats and lyrics yes alright um, congratulations brother well Seriously. thanks Seriously. thank you thank you I'm incredibly proud of you um, just to be in the room the other night y'all let me tell you what it felt like alright because he was tired 
<laughs> I don't know if our good friend W can, can even recall the dopeness that night. He had celebrities trying to get in, trying to get his cell phone number. People were hitting up other people like, do you know W? Do you know W? How can I get in? I'm trying to get into art beats and lyrics. But it was amazing. And one of the things that I think is so amazing about art beats and lyrics is that you have you have the opportunity to present art to people who are not normally in those rooms and you have created a room you have cultivated created and and curated a room for us and when i say us i'm not even just talking about black people so it feels good it's a safe place for black people but i'm also talking about the hip-hop culture you know because that's you know you talk hip-hop culture that's bigger than just black people but this is a place where it, it, it is um, it is for us by us, literally. How does it feel to to get here? You are here. We are what three days removed. Yeah, it has come and it's gone. How does it feel to be here? Well, I tell you, like when we first started doing this, we were in our twenties. Yeah, you know, I was like twenty seven, and at the time, the first show that Jabari and I worked, Jabari Graham, my business partner, we worked on together. The oldest person in the show was thirty one. That's crazy. Yeah, and you know, what you saw at the State Farm Arena is almost identical to what you saw 15 years ago at the High Museum. You talking about in terms of age or the, the crowd? Oh, the crowd. Oh, man. And this yeah. is before social media. Yo. You know, they shut down the museum within two hours. Wow. Yeah, you know, and to be in a situation where we can do that again years later is... It's crazy because, you know, mm-hmm. we weren't thinking about that when we started. The crazy thing is a, a couple of years ago, we were like, wow, we've been doing this for 10 years. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. And now it's like, we're doing it 15 years. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> <laughs> you know? This is crazy. It keeps getting crazier. This is so crazy. But I tell you this, um, <laughs> we do the same show, a similar show every, what, probably a couple times a month. So we yeah. do 10 shows a year, right? you know, in different cities. And as... Of a homecoming it is for Atlanta in Charlotte. You've seen how Charlotte at. Yeah. Charlotte's crazy too. They love it. You know, yeah. we've been going to Charlotte for so many years that it's become something where they feel that it's part of them too. Yep. And the same thing about St. Louis. We've done St. Louis every year. Louisville too, right? We started doing Louisville. Louisville this will be our fourth year in a row. Okay. okay. And, you know, so we've become part of a lot of people's creative fabrics because we come then. What we do is we try to inspire people. So we got to stay on top of our game on the creative end and make sure the artwork and the installations and the experience is tight. Yep. You know, because not everybody can go to a big show in like New York or L.A. or Miami or whatever. Not everybody can do that. Mm-hmm. But you can bring that same type of energy featuring images that look like them to their town. Why is that so important to you to, to go to take this this exhibition, put it up for a day, take it down take it to another city why is it so important for you to do that it's important because i think people need to see it you know if you're going to get into art you know or get into the you may not even this may be your first art show you may not even been to an art show before but if this is going to be your first art show we want to give you the best show you can possibly see so that you can hold it as this is your experience is so good that now you're open to going to other shows going to museums going to other places mm-hmm. as, you know as a curator when you're thinking about that like this has to be dope this has to be cool it has to have this vibe when you, you know when you're trying to craft that what is your frame of, of mind when you're figuring it out like you've already done something cool before 
now you gotta do something cool again cool again and cooler than cooler like how do you how do you get yourself in that frame of mind like is it okay this year we're around we're we're, we're gonna deal with pinks or this year is gonna be the year of the dog or this year is gonna be about this so so how do you how do you curate that cool and to make it cooler than it was last year well we go to a lot of art shows we see what's out there we're always we go to conventions we go to art shows we're looking for inspiration and ideas you know conventions are pretty great for they're awesome yeah you know we went to the CES showcase for a couple of years we've been to Sundance checking out what they got we go to like even things like the signage art convention you know you wouldn't think that's in LA I mean not LA Las, Las Vegas went to that one too Vegas went, to, went to that one last year went to that one and you know when um, you go and you see what's out there you go to all these different art events small art shows big art shows and you see what's dope and then you're like, okay, how can we bring some of that dopeness to what we do? And we're online, we're looking, we stand, we're always researching, mm-hmm. you know. And I think you got to keep your edge because you never want to get static. You never want to be doing the same thing over and over again. You have different variations, but you try to take it up a notch, right? You know. And as far as like curating an art show, people always ask me, what's the theme this year? Right. The only theme there is is dope work, and that's the only theme we've ever had, because on any given year. It could be a if you break down the wall space, mm-hmm. it's a hundred yards of wall space. If you make it a theme, you'll have a hundred yards of the same topic. Yeah, that's boring, you know. So we want to keep the ideas different, and I want you to do the dope thing that you do because that's why we called you. You know, but you know, one theme that that might be worth exploring is a little theme called my Uzi weighs a ton. <laughs> um, I don't know if the people know about that theme. <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna take it back. It was dope, though. You remember? The, yeah, I know you remember. It I remember was your it. joint. Yeah. <laughs> we, my Uzi weighs a ton. We did twice. Word. Okay. Yeah. I never got a chance to see that. Oh, my Uzi weighs. Oh man, it was it was basically art about guns. <laughs> and I tell you this: if I were to go back now and do it, I'd be coming with a different perspective because when I was doing it before, that's before I did all the self defense training and all the right, gun right. gun training and all that. And I got a chance to meet people who are people mm-hmm. who own multiple weapons. Right. And I would approach that show a little differently. Now that you've talked about perspectives, this is a perfect uh, segue. Um, the third piece of this that I do want to get into is I want to get perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've given me perspective already, but I want to get some perspective from you. W, the person who, um, you know, you've done art beats and lyrics, you've done all these amazing things, but I want to get your perspective as the person that you are on how I love prefacing my things the things that I say and I love stopping what I'm about to say to preface it with something else and I know the audience is going to love this they hate it but (laughs) (laughs) I want to get an idea of your perspective as it relates to how the younger generation can can kind of do some of the things that you've done not saying they need to do what you've done but what mindset do they need to be in in order to start and art beats and lyrics to sell art. Um, I don't know what that looks like in the next 15 years, but what mind state should a young 19-year-old person studying art maybe be in in order to come out and be successful? Uh, One thing I would say is study your craft. Always keep learning. Always keep learning. And once you stop developing, it's a problem. But what does that look like though? The what craft, it, like oh, like because I mean I know with you, I know what that looks like. I know what I see. Yeah. But what to and, and I think 
a lot of people don't see that. They just see the end product. Yeah, they always see the end product, and that's the sexy part. Right. You know, everybody sees the slam dunk. They don't. They don't see the years of training that somebody acquired to be in the NBA to be able to pull off a 360 dunk in a game. Mm-hmm. They just see the dunk. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't see that. But when I mean by study your craft, whatever you do, whether it's music, video, mm-hmm. design, business, whatever, painting, whatever, you got to study it. Learn it. In and out. Ask questions. Take notes. A lot of people don't take notes. They want to say, I want to pick your brain. Okay, you pick your brain. Go to a coffee shop, sit down, ask you a bunch of questions, and don't take not one note of anything you said. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So what is the point of that? You know, take notes. Jot things down. Yeah. Have a sketchbook. Write down ideas. You know, if you think that great ideas happen often, your ideas are probably not that great. Yeah. You know, so... It's great to have a bunch of bad ideas and then one good one. How do you tell somebody they got a bad idea? The thing is, I can't like I could I could just say, hey, that I don't think that's working. I mean, do you say I don't think that's working? I mean, how, is it is it the same for everyone? Do you have to soften it for people? Well, when you're dealing with creative people in general, like because as a curator, you got to deal with creative people. Yeah, you got to let people know, hey, we're on the same team here. I want you to win. I want you to look amazing. Yeah. I want every artist to have the best piece in the show. But this ain't. You know, but you say, but you're like, well, here's what we can do. Because it doesn't make, it's, it's not useful to give a critique and no solution. That's true. It's useless. It's like, hey, that's whack. All right. Okay, what do you do with that? But you say, listen, here's what I think that could turn this up a notch. Here's how we can make this hotter. As a curator, your job is to like, it's a bunch of levels, like a mixing board. Mm-hmm. And you see where the levels are down, you adjust the knobs here, you adjust the level here, you adjust it there. And some people are better at certain things. Mm-hmm. Some people are great at execution, like painting, right. but right. not good at presentation. So you turn, you help them turn that knob, the level up a little bit on the presentation. Some people are great at presentation, but may not be strong at execution. Then you got to say, okay, here's what we can do to make you look the best you can possibly do. So you got to be able to talk with people and that's one of the things I've learned over the years and let people know, hey, we want you to be dope and look dope and be the, the shining star. And tell them, be like, listen, I go to a million shows a year. I know what people respond to and what they don't respond to. Right. So if you're on there, let them know, hey, you're on the same team. You know, that's been hard for me to get through to my students. You know, I teach as well. And one of the things that I always tell them is you have to learn how to know what's good. Yeah. You can design all day long And you can design shit Yeah And it not be something That we can use You can sit there In your own world And learn Photoshop And Illustrator And just be like Oh this is great No it's actually not But you don't know that Because you haven't gone out there And done the research You haven't learned You haven't learned And I tell you When I was in college And you know I really don't delve back To college stuff a lot But I tell you When I was in college One of the most important things I've ever had They've ever told me was a teacher explained to me why a painting works. Mm. He pulled up a a masterpiece, a so-called masterpiece, and was like, here are the things that they did to make this work, and here's why it works. Mm -hmm. The way the composition was set up, the way the colors work, the way this. Once you explain to somebody why something works, it's easier for them to spot it. Now, you can't turn it off. Right. Now you know. The truth has been told to you. Mm -hmm. Now you're going to see it everywhere, and you're going to say, okay, I know why this doesn't work. Yeah. Just like... Once you learned what a widow was or what an orphan was in typography, it, I bet you don't even write that way. No, it'll, it'll bug me. It'll bug it you. Bothers you me. wouldn't yeah. even, for those who don't know, you know, widow is like when you have that one word on the line by itself, right? 
you, if I could probably go through all the notes you have and you won't have one word on the line like that because once you know what it is, that's all you can see. So now that information is in your head and that's the same thing when it comes with painting or composition or design. Once you, once somebody tells you this is what makes it good, it's not magic. It's a process, but it's not magic. But once you can see, okay, this is why this works, you know. I mean, that's common sense, right? It is common sense because you know this. Well, I guess the reason why I say it's common sense, it's common sense to me. But I, I think it goes further than art. Oh. I really think that that goes further because it's like, yo, you know, if you've never built a house. Yeah. And you decide to build a house, you might build some shit. Yeah. Because you don't, you've never, you haven't gone out to see what houses are supposed to look like. You don't yeah. know what's hot. You don't know what's new. And another thing is that sometimes the people that don't know think they're better than they actually are. That's true. Because if they knew what it really was about, mm-hmm. they wouldn't think of themselves as highly as they do. Yeah. I give you an example. Norman Rockwell is one of my favorite painters. If you look at most of these whole section of my books right back here, Norman Rockwell. is Norman yeah. Rockwell. Yeah, I love it. And I feel that if you ever really like something, you should try to learn as much stuff about it as you can. Mm-hmm. And the same thing goes with like, if I'm a fan of your stuff or I call myself an enthusiast, mm-hmm. I'm going to know your whole, I'm going to know your process. I, you know, I'm going to learn as much as I can about you. And one thing about Norman Rockwell, as amazing as he was and as prolific as a painter as he was, he never thought that he would be the kind of painter that'd be in a museum. It's crazy. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy to us because we've seen his work. Yeah. But, you know, that's because, think about it, as much as he knew about painting and illustration, he was like, he never thought he was extremely the greatest. Well, I mean, also, you have have also to look at, he was a commercial artist. And, you know, in commercial art, a lot of times we're not regarded as artists because we're creating for something, for editorial use or we're creating for this. I had to stop myself. Recently, because I realized all of my art is for my clients. Everything that I do is for my clients. And you don't, you know, it's hard for you to make that connection. And I, I don't know. I feel like maybe Norman Rockwell may have had some of that too. He had. He did. Yeah. You know, he wanted to be regarded like the Picasso. Yeah. And all that. But I think sometimes that even when you get to a point when you are technically probably the best at what you do, you look at somebody else and be like, wow, they're killing it. Yeah. You know, whereas the uh, the novice think they're killing it right now. This <laughs> <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like the rap game, man. It really sounds like the rap. Like, Yo, son, you ain't seeing me. Like, no, like, yes, yes, I am. I see like, you. <laughs> like, you know, you're not ready yet. No, you know, you're not, not ready. ready. And I think um, a lot of that comes from proximity. Sometimes they may be in a place where they're around a lot of artists so they mm-hmm. think that they're all the same and I'm like no proximity is not similarity Yeah, just because you're in the same room don't necessarily mean you can dance at this party I've seen that happen a lot you know I've seen that happen unfortunately you know it, they say be around you know make your circle what is it make your circle who you aspire to be or something yeah. like that but sometimes you ain't there yet no you- <laughs> I'll give you an example of something right and I tell people this. I went to the yeah. Portrait Society conference uh-huh. and I ran into a dude there. You know, he was wearing like a pair of older white guy, acid wash jeans, some Reeboks on, an Alabama T-shirt. And I'm looking at this guy and he has a watch that's like a Rolex covered in diamonds and a ring that's a rapper would wear. And I'm looking at him like, whoa, what the hell is this? And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm a watercolor painter. And he shows me his stuff. What? And he shows me, <laughs> shows me a picture. He's like, 
damn, this man is good. You're a great watercolor painter. And then he was like, yeah, man, you know, I got commissioned by the Vatican to paint Mother Teresa. What? And now, granted, we are in the same room. We're having a conversation. Oh, at he's rich forever. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's got dead dead sea scroll money. You that know, dude is rich forever. You know, so I'm looking at this dude and I'm like, we don't have anything in common. All <laughs> Yo, but the thing about that, you said he was dressed how? How he was had he a pair of acid wash jeans uh-huh. and an Alabama t-shirt. He was doing whatever the hell he wanted to do. Yeah, that's what he was doing. I couldn't get past the watch, but you know what the funny whatever thing the hell he wanted he was, to do. You know what he said to me he was like, none of this stuff they're gonna tell you gonna help you. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be careful. Nah, you know. So when cats like that say stuff like that to me, I never know whether I should trust it because I'm like, maybe you don't want anybody else up there with you at the top. I mean, there's plenty of room at the top. You just gotta get know. there. Yeah, you know. Sometimes there's, there's not a whole lot of people that get up there. You know. Yeah, and you're right. I tell you another thing. So right. I was there and I went to the. Um, you know, I was walking around and as crazy as it seems, I was one of the youngest people there. You know, I was You're not a, that old, dude. You're not that compared old. Compared to everybody else in that room, I was one of the younger people at the time. You just grade early. And then, <laughs> check this out. So this woman comes up to me, she's like, uh, what do you paint with? And I'm like, well, I like to use acrylic. And she was like, oh, how do you paint with that stuff? Oh. Yeah, I was like, oh, well, very slowly at times. I <laughs> Very well, I, I'd like to think. Yeah, yeah. And then I saw what the type of stuff they do. Uh, and then I'm like, I get it. You know what? I do shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good then, at all. It's all bad. And I, then I have to talk to her, walk by the table, and they're like, are you here for the portfolio review? And I'm like, hell no. no I'm not here for that. None of my shit. <laughs> they're like, I'm here to watch y'all. <laughs> this is what, the Portrait Society? What's yeah, the Portrait Society. Hell no, I'm not yeah. going to go to the Portrait Society. But that's society. my point. You know, yeah. You know, I know enough to know that I'm not where they are. Yeah. yeah. You know, nor that they do the same things I do. It's completely that's different. True. You that's know? true. You always have to go. You know, I think that's important. Going into a situation like that and and knowing what you can do, yeah. knowing and, and, and there's value in knowing that what you do is good and valuable, and knowing why you're someplace. Knowing like why. I tell you this, you know, I did um, like an Israeli martial arts for seven years. Still kills me that you were you were out here right? doing this. So. I did it for seven years, and. I had a pretty good attitude about the whole thing. I'd like to think. You did. They were asking me, you always seem like you're smiling and having a good... Because I know that I'm good at something else. <laughs> you know, like, I may suck at this, which I intended to. You know, I'm not good at this. This is not what I do. No, it's cool. I'm good at something else. I'm good at something else. That is a great mentality. Yeah. So, folks, listen to W. When you go into a situation and you know that you are horrible and you're getting your ass kicked, you smile. And knowing your heart of hearts that you are good at something else. Yes. This is not your thing. This is not it. For over a year, dude, I went there every Tuesday and Thursday. And for a year, over a year, I was like, I'm terrible at this stuff. I remember you doing it because you were all about it for a minute. And I was like, damn, W must be down there really working out. Like, he's really it. I was doing like five hours a week. And it was, um, I tell you, like, for the first year and a half, I realized I sucked at it. But Wait, didn't you do something else? Some other kind of martial arts? No, nah, that was just. It was just that? It was crossover. A lot of it crossed over, you know? And uh, it was funny because, you know, like I said, I think that that helped me realize a couple of things about yeah, art, too. Yeah, don't put yourself too. in situations where you're going to get your ass kicked. That's well, one that's of the, one. <laughs> that's one, one of the things. One yeah. lesson you learn is be very respectful. Uh, be very respectful. Yeah. You know, really because cool. if you want to go someplace, it's completely res- Yes, sir. No, sir. How you doing? You know, all that. Because disrespect comes at a severe price in a martial arts school. Mm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. that's that's a jewel that... 
I learned I learned it in a different way. It was be humble. Yeah, be, be humble. humble. Be humble and be respectful. Um, you just never know who you're talking to, and there's always somebody better than you. Oh, yes. Always. And just think, imagine being disrespectful, underestimating the person. Nah, and them and they are better than you. I don't want to get hit that hard. Yeah. I'm good. I don't need anybody beating on me. I'm too old to be having anybody beat on me. No. Well, think, you know what? Hell no. You know, I tell you this. Once you get punched in the liver once, you'll never forget the it. The liver. Yeah, you'll never. See, forget that's it. the thing. You'll no. never forget that. No. And, that, and, you that's will, the, and, and you will learn not to be in that situation. I'll ever quit. <laughs> I will quit. That's you the thing. You don't quit. I will. You quit. can stop. But we, you don't quit. We're gonna stop for a very, very you can long time. Take a knee, time. but you don't quit. We're gonna quit for a very long. Excuse me, stop for a very long time. But another thing I learned is that um, nobody knows everything. Right. And if you want to learn something, go to somebody who's a specialist and cross train. And that goes with creativity. If you want to get into watercolor, get into painting, get into digital, get into design, go find somebody that does that, and you know, try to learn some things from them, or reach out and try to you know find it on your own. But it's okay. You gotta, you know, that's the thing that's important. Just exploring the world. Yeah, just explore. And, try different yeah, things. Yeah, trying different. You don't know things. what sticks. You know, just I, what I tell my students at the beginning of every course, I tell them every before we get started, before we create anything, I say everything that you've tasted, every color that you've seen, every experience that you've experienced, everything that makes you who you are and has shaped your perspective. Is going to play a role in every single thing that you do when you design or create art. Because everything that you're exposed to shapes your perspective, and your perspective is what you paint with yeah. or design with or whatever. So, with all that being said, there ain't no way in the world you can do what the hell it is that I do. Because what I do is I use me in order to do what I do. But with that being the case, you still need to go to school and learn how to do the shit the right way. <laughs> you know. There's a thing that we I go back and forth with folks about about secrets. Yeah, you know, people want to have secrets. Like this is my secret thing I do, I and I tell that. people there are no secrets. Yeah, you like, and I give you an example. Right now, if LeBron James came in this room mm-hmm. and said, "I'm gonna teach you everything I know about basketball," I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit there and be educated, but I'm not gonna use it. No, no, because you're not him. I'm not him, and you can't think like him, nor were you built like him. It's, so therefore, no matter what he says, it'll help your game. You will get better. Yeah. You will be the best you exactly. you can be. I'm gonna listen. This is nice but to hear. You won't be him. You'll be something exactly. else. You'll be you. You can be great, exactly. but you won't be him. And that's the same thing with art. Art was an oral tradition too. You know, mm-hmm. people told other people how to do things. They taught them under apprenticeships for years. So learn from folks, but don't try to be them. Yeah, because you can't. You know, be you. Well, that's what I try to tell people that that want to come and work with me. You know, a lot of the young designers, I say, you know, I can walk you through all these rigorous tests on some Mr. Miyagi stuff. Like I can be Mr. Miyagi, and I've done that. I enjoy it. But let's be clear: when we're done with all this, you're not going to be able to do what I do the way that I do it. Number one, I love hip hop. You don't. You know what I mean? Like yeah. somebody, you don't like hip hop. Hip hop plays a role in everything that I do. You see that IBM piece? Yeah, hip hop had a part of that. Yeah. It doesn't look hip hop, does it? But hip hop played a role in it. Yeah. You know, but but all those things, you're right. It makes you who you are. And I think that's even important. I think that is a skill that I want artists to to, to learn, but it's 
it's also a skill that other people need to understand as well. You know, going into a situation, being fully aware of everything you're bringing into the situation and then being capable of learning more or understanding, look, this is where it's at. Like, I'm not good at this thing. Let me go be good at something else. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or be like, hey, I know I'm not good at this now, but if I work a little bit every day, I'll be better than I am right this second. Some people just say they don't have it. <laughs> so have it. Dude, I mean, even if you technically don't have it, you can't get better. You can be better. You like, can't I'm, be now better. I'm, I'm, I'm you joking, but you're right. It, undeveloped skills, you, you can get better. It's going to um, take you a long time. It will. And it's going to be a lot of disappointment. It will, <laughs> but, but you, you know. Can't, you can't get a little bit better every day. Life is about disappointment and learning, how, <laughs> learning what to do with that. So, you you know, you go with <laughs> you go with that. It's a bunch of, life is a bunch of sadness. It's a bunch of sadness. Wrapped in failure, you know. It's okay. how, how many minutes are we in on this? Does it give you a, I don't know. like 32 now. We're 32. Oh, we're doing good. We're actually doing good. All right. Well, I mean, we can we can go ahead and wrap this, actually. Um, we're, we're good people. We have been rambling on long and long enough. Uh, I'm trying not to do these long, one-hour-long podcasts. I feel like me and W could sit here and do it. I know him and I know me. And we will sit here and find other things to talk about. <laughs> so we're going to find other things to talk about offline now that we've got our podcast yeah. stuff out the way. But, uh, yo, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe. Or if you're on YouTube. Well, yeah, we're not on the YouTube for this one. Maybe we'll put it on YouTube. Let yeah. me think about it. Maybe get that YouTube money. Get the YouTube money. Let's, YouTube we're gonna do money. that. We're gonna do the YouTubes. But make sure that whatever you are on your favorite listening uh, device or platform, you subscribe to Conversations. Again, my name is Tobias Rose. I got my good friend W here joining me, and we will see you the next time I decide to do this. Peace. Good people, thanks for joining us. Conversations is sometimes filmed in front of a live studio audience. For details on our live conversations, press or sponsorship, subscribe at complexcreative.com backslash conversations. For video, check us out at Complex Creative's YouTube channel. And of course, please check our guests out. They're awesome. I should know. For now, I'll holler at you later. Peace.